Hello and welcome to Pete's Percussion Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Zambito, and we're here with episode 365 and my conversation with freelancing percussionist, performer, human design specialist, fitness instructor, and author, Jen Heft. We'll get back to her shortly. But first up, a big weekend ahead. Marching Mizzou gears up for a busy time as we get to support our now 5-0 football team at Mizzou, the first time they've had that record since their second year in the SEC in 2013. And we welcome in the Boston Brass for a residency that includes performing on the upcoming Symphonic Band University Band concert at Mizzou on Thursday, October 5th, the day that this episode comes out, as well as performing as part of our halftime show on Saturday. And for that, we have a sold-out game against ranked Louisiana State University. It will hopefully be a good day of football and performance. And with that, we get to our conversation with Jen Heft. I was made aware of Jen at some point in the last bunch of years or so, as she was at one time part of the fitness presentations that took place in the mornings of PASIC conventions in years past. I'm not sure that we'd met at that point, but I was glad to reconnect with her and have her on the show. Jen is currently based in Nashville, Tennessee, where she freelances as a percussionist with many current and previous pop and jazz-based groups, including her swing band, The Generators, teaching fitness, and is now a certified human design specialist. If you are not familiar with this, then stay tuned as we will discuss human design in our opening segment. She's also the author of the book Fundamental Fitness, where she creates programs and plans for adults to rediscover the joys of fitness at an older age. Obviously, I don't want to use a phrase like most unique to describe a guest and a conversation, but I'll say that my chat with Jen definitely goes in some unusual directions for the show. I very much enjoyed it, even if the territory wasn't one I was planning on it going to. So I hope you do the same listening to it. And let's get to it. We recorded this interview over Zoom on September 19th, 2023, and it begins right now. Jen, give me a summation of your work and if it involves percussion, percussion uh, activities as they are at this point. Good question. It is an evolution, but I have been playing drums since I was 10 years old. And that continues to be my golden thread of knowing myself and knowing who I am with others. So drumming is always there. I have a my own band called The Generators, you know, J-E-N, Generators. Nice. And it's a kitschy swing. It's it's covers, but of Van Morrison and Ray Charles and cool stuff that we arrange and do, um, I would say, danceable, swing danceable versions of things. It's super nice. clever and fun. Um, and and I play with other people. So I'm freelancing here in Nashville, and it's probably a third of my life at this point. Yeah. I never taught, well, I haven't taught lessons in a long, long time for drumming, but playing is still the magic fuel. I mean, I think you would you would get that. It still fills me up in a way that nothing else can. And what uh, what the other two thirds of your time? Oh, good question. Are doing what? <laughs> <laughs> the other two thirds, um, I teach fitness, and um, and I've always done that. It's, I think it's really helped 
just keep me grounded, which drumming really helps do that too in a, in a whole different way. So I can teach privately and uh, classes in fitness. And the other thing that I'm like madly passionate about is human design, the human design system, which is astrology and Kabbalah and the I Ching, and it's tapping into our energy map. So I've studied that for the past eight years, and now I offer classes and readings in that. And I think that's really made my drumming better. It's interesting now that you just kind of mention it. It allows us to be just more aware and more forgiving and more compassionate for the other. So you have bigger ears and you own your own groove and your own timing. Huh. Thanks for asking that because <laughs> I think it can help with everything. Now, what drew you to Nashville, which is where you live now, to yeah. kind of make your career since you had already mentioned that you had been in other places beforehand? Well, two things about Nashville. I mean, I, I was going to school in Arizona and finished my degree there. And um, I was like, I've been in school so long. I don't, can I even play without getting a grade? <laughs> can I even, I don't even know if I'm, so I thought about LA because it's close to Tucson. And I thought, I, I think I would really get in trouble in LA. I just had this feeling that I would just be lost in the sun and the surf and the whatever that would happen there. It just didn't, I didn't feel it. And then I, I went and visited New York for a couple of weeks. Um, had a good friend there, James Genus, bass player. Um, and I, I felt totally overwhelmed by New York. I just felt, I just felt um, little or insecure in my own beingness, my, my playing, I was just overwhelmed. <clears throat> and then the third music city, music city. It's funny. I used to work at Bush gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, anytime they had auditions for, well, for Bush gardens, it, anytime I heard the word Nashville, I would go, Oh, I always had a, a goldenness about Nashville. So I remembered that I auditioned for Opry land when mm -hmm. I was, I was like, I'm out of Tucson. I auditioned for Opryland. I got the gig through their sister park um, in Texas, in San Antonio. So through that, did that for the summer, and then I moved to Nashville, which, which is music city, and it's supposedly in the spiritual world, it's the um, muse. It's the throat chakra of the nation, and you're called here to find your authentic voice. And you can't leave until you do. If you're called to Nashville, you're here to find out who you are, whether it's writing or singing or, you know, how you express yourself. So I've been here since 92 and I'm still here and I'm getting close to leaving. <laughs> oh, okay. Your voice has been found. <laughs> I say. think so. I mean, here's me. <laughs> little, 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 little. <laughs> I don't know that I've heard that the way you phrased it. Uh, what, what does it mean that when you when you you refer to it as the throat? What was? How did you? The throat oh, chakra. The throat chakra. Okay, so what is? I don't know what that means. So, help me yeah, out. chakras are energy hubs in the body. So, they're they're energy hubs of information. So we have them here. We have like our third eye. This is our sensing, and this is our expression, and then our heart. You know, you can feel people's aura. And what you're usually feeling is not only their body language um, or their tone of voice, but you're feeling their energy and you're responding to that or not. 
And so the throat chakra here is really a, um, the throat is how we express ourselves or not. Some people, you know, are struggle with timing or with pitch, anything that comes out of the throat, telling a story, being a good storyteller, a bad storyteller. This place, for whatever reason, whatever energetic reason, Nashville holds a attraction, I would say, a frequency for people that are expressing their stories. There's so many songwriters here. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's packed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it literally is the hub. I mean, it's the hub of country music and has been for a hundred years. I mean, almost like it's long time. <laughs> right. Grand Ole Opry. And then, you know, yeah. And it's, it's way, way, way more than country music. Yes. But that is the, that is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a sec. When you do get to Nashville in 92, what are you're there because you kind of you you kind of got into the like you said the park system going through the opry and and trying to kind of get settled but what's what are the activities you're doing when you first get to just to so that you can survive interesting i I just did the theme park in san antonio for the summer and i met a bunch of nashville people there and hey we need a drummer so it was it was just this synchronicity of i worked the day i got there the, the day I got here mm-hmm. um, with a band called Conscious Pilot. <laughs> it's like super fun. And then I I worked, I would say my music was 70% of my livings for the first 20 years I was here. Um, I played in a, well, I played in two original bands, Bada Bing, Bada Boom, an original swing band that God, we got so close. <laughs> we got so close. Um, and then David Spear and the Darts. And then got so close like a day away from Saturday Night Live that whole thing Mm. um original music I just didn't appreciate how important it is to be creative and to own the creative juices for yourself and to alchemize it into the world so I kind of took that for granted in back in the day I signed with a band called the Warren Brothers in 97 um with RCA BNA Records, and we toured for two or three years. We opened for Faith Hill's first solo couple tours, couple years, and um, the the theaters, the you know Fox theaters, and then a couple of few arenas. And I mean, that's fun. That's mm-hmm. fun. Touring is is fun. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, and then that's a whole other story. But I came back off the road and. 2000 and then I started playing with a big band here a 10 17 piece big band just I can read you know so it it helps um I don't know eight horns four singers the whole thing and we did all the big blue blood parties and traveled and and then my bands have gotten smaller and smaller my kids have gotten smaller and smaller (laughs) I don't like to play loud anymore Mm. Yep. Do you? <laughs> uh, depends. <Okay. laughs> I, I think I, I, I don't think I can sustain it as long as the problem right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I yeah. I can't sustain it as long. Yeah. I did it. I did four hours straight big band gigs. Wow. Four hours, no breaks. And the drummer doesn't get a break. And you're like, yeah. Anyway, 
it's just so I kind of can be clear about the kind of the way you phrased some of these in terms of the band you were in. You kept saying like we were on the verge, or we're like we almost got kind of this this national presence that hadn't been there. Does that mean that when when it didn't happen, that the that the band like the you and the rest of the band, however you talked about it, were like we're going to do other things? Like what what happens? What 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 do you what was going on when you would? But it wouldn't work out. I'm going to say the most things that happen with bands that get really close is means they're really good and they have a lot of ego in the band somewhere because mm. and it's usually not just one ego. It's usually sure. a couple. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, to be really um, different and to be really fresh and skilled and unique, it takes like this um, individuality and this um, drive. And man, we had in both of those bands, we had one person that was massively out of balancely creative. Let me say it that way. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> and then another one who, well, the first band had two massively creative Italian egos. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, and and then they had the managers of you know the, of Queen and of Meatloaf and of flying them out, doing all the interviews, loving it, wanting to book it all around. And they just, they could not agree on simple things. They could agree on that music, but it's almost like you just put the wrong ingredients in the the cake batter and it never rises. Yeah. And if everyone could have just gone, Oh God, a little less, you know, chocolate chips. And we would have been just back. (laughs) And the same thing happened with the other band. I I ended up quitting that band. I had a choice. The Warren brothers said, you can't do us both. Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to tour. You can't do both. And I just went, where do I feel the most excited, the most seen? Where can I do my best work? And the Bada Bing was, was fighting and original music just drove us crazy. They kept going for another five years. Mm-hmm. And we've all kind of re in the last year reconfigured and had a couple reunion gigs, which has been super amazing fun. And then the Warren Brothers, it just it just had its it has its course. Mm-hmm. You know, you do something for a couple of years and you go, mm, yeah. it's funny for them. <laughs> well, that might be more information than you want. <laughs> no, no, that, no, that was really interesting. You can keep going if you want. They so they were signed to BNA. They've written a bunch of hits for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, mm-hmm. and the band was it was killer. It was like Tom Petty does country, mm-hmm. great band. Um, so so more they were they were better known, or at least they had made their work through songwriting, but not necessarily as performers. It's it's interesting. They 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 were brothers, and they were. Mm-hmm. A, bar band in Tampa, those two guys, and they moved to Nashville with this great writing skills and this great enthusiasm. They were great entertainers. Yeah. They were so irreverent that um, it was exciting and hard. Like their motto was nothing is sacred. Oh, sure. And my motto is everything is sacred. (laughs) 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 It was tricky. (laughs) Yeah. It was tricky. I was the only, only girl on a, I don't know, 11 guys on the bus. It just was, it just was hard work and it was their first tour and everyone was immature. Yeah. So we did that dance. We did the dance for a couple of years. We did Austin city limits mm-hmm. and 
super amazing. We shared the stage with the Mavericks. and oh, uh, I love the Mavericks. I love the Mavericks. Oh, so great. But their drummer, I can't remember his name. He's a big guy, though. He's like 6'4". Yeah. And um, we decided that we were using his drum set. Mm. And he bolts everything onto the floor. You can't move the hi-hat. You can't move anything. Oh. It was like, and I'm 5'2". It was just so intense. You're just like playing away up there. (laughs) I can't reach anything. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. They made a big deal about, um, I think this is the first girl drummer we've ever had in 25 years of us. It's our 25-year anniversary. We think you're the first girl drummer. So they made this big, huge, like, announcement about it. Yeah. Had a little drum solo. The next week, there was a girl drummer on there. It was so funny. <laughs> it was funny, funny, funny. And so I kind of posted that on my website, yeah. just in the bio. First girl drummer ever. Like, who cares? But I that's what I did. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine who works here in Nashville, she goes, uh, no, I was on about three years ago <laughs> with Barbara Mandrell. So nice. Yeah. So anyway, nothing is sacred, is it? <laughs> <laughs> But the boys became frustrated with me. I be, I was frustrated with them. We weren't mature enough to work it out. Mm. So I heard through the grapevine that they were going to let me go. So I said, you know what? I'm going. Oh, well. Right. It's a falling out. Six months later, they came back to me. I was playing at a jazz club here. And they came in and they went, Jen, we're sober now for six months. Okay, good. That's a good start. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We've had six drummers since you. Uh-huh. And we realized that you weren't complaining and that we didn't have the drums in the monitors. And we wanted you to play louder, but we didn't have the drums. We're sorry. It was like this, you know, oh, we're sorry. Yeah. So we all grew up a little bit, but I didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't ask me back, but I didn't go uh-huh. back. <laughs> oh, okay. But that's good. See, that's a good, that's a nice closure though. It felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even better because you get to say, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> I did have some inside scoop that gave me some dignity on that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so after, have, yeah. so after that, you are, you're still just gigging a lot I, I, then, right? Yeah, I just I I played um, in a piano duo. She played left hand bass and piano, and I played drums. And we worked together for twenty five years. Just lounge lounge stuff. Yeah, yeah. What cool set list? Like great, the best songs, all the good songs. Nice. And so you you learn to play really soft and really creatively and percussionally, but still uh, with that with a groove. You know, it's yeah. all always danceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've just been playing since yeah. 2000 here, and it evolves. It just evolves. It just evolves. I always think, am I going to quit? Am I? Am I going to retire? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to have to retire me. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a formal like goodbye party. Sure. <laughs> as long as it's still fresh, you know. As long as there's still like some sweetness in it. Yeah, that's great. So when does the uh, all the other aspects, the, the fitness aspects, the um, human design? I was going to say body mapping, but I don't, that's not right, is it? God, that's pretty good, though. I like that. Yeah. What is it? 
Human design. Human design. So when do those become more apart or just more prevalent or continue to be regular? I don't know. I've taught fitness for since 1982. Okay. So that's just my routine. And in order for me to do it, I teach it. That's just yeah. how I work best. And what forms of teaching are you doing in that space? I teach three classes a week and it's a, a blend. It's a 50 minute class of yoga and functional fitness and hit some mm-hmm. intervals and some push-ups and some core and some balance. Um, and then we go back to the yoga. We kind of repeat it. So we get this total body blend with some good music, you know, and by the time we're done, it's, it's just my, my jam. Yeah. There's my little book. You can't see it on the, uh, you can't see it, but on the little radio, fundamental fitness playground oh, nice. for grownups. Awesome. <laughs> We need to um, remember how to move, you know, as, as children, mm-hmm. which is even true for, for music, for even playing that freshness, that beginner's mind, that not knowing and right. then trusting something yeah, and, and flowing with other people. Yeah, I just I'm into it on a physical level. And then that human design came in eight years ago and I just followed my God, my my curiosity madly down a rabbit hole. So that's uh, that's pro- that's probably seventy percent now is human design. Mm. I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> you had your chart read. Do you want me to read your chart? <laughs> uh, not not right now, but you know <laughs> <laughs> the kind of the movement and the the fitness side. What are the things that you think? When people be, get older and they 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 become you know they kind of either have a career family like all that stuff. Does the aspect of movement that you're kind of getting into is it is it just like it's been too long so people just don't want to do it they don't want to get hurt they have been hurt and don't want to try it what are, what are all the ways that people come into your teaching? I have found it's rare that people who never exercised now want to exercise. It's it's really rare that that happens. You know what? I didn't, I, I usually find that it, for people that have were athletes or mm-hmm. have always exercised, have always moved, have always been a runner, but they want um, something regular and they don't want to think about it themselves. So they want to be in a class. Sure. Um, which I've had a lot of clients, you know, high profile, high profile clients that just don't want to they want to be led. Yeah. They, they're going to lead in other areas. But on this, lead me. Yeah. Injuries, all of us have injuries in the classes. If you're over 40 mm-hmm. and you've moved your body at all, <laughs> something is, is tweaked. Right. But I don't think the couch is the answer. Yeah. You know, and I will say everyone's different. Everyone is different on how much exercise they need, mm-hmm. um, how hard they need to go, how much rest they need. Um, if they need to lean into a tweak or they need to lean out of a tweak of an injury. Yeah. Everyone's different. And we, we are coming to a time where we have to learn about our own uh, bodies and our own signals and listen in, listen and ask our body, listen. And it's nice to have a village of yeah healthcare providers and chiropractors and doctors and all that. But ultimately we have to 
learn to trust ourselves on it. It's the way of the future. I, I think it's um, mandatory mm-hmm. to get clear about what feels true to you. The doctor's going to go, I don't know. Let's just give you this, take this and experiment with this yeah. because and your your intuition goes, oh, ah, trust yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Because I've had similar experiences where sometimes it's it's like a new doctor. I'm just getting a little off track, but it's like a new doctor, and they'll say, "Hey, why don't you do this?" And and you're like, "I don't know. I feel like we're. I feel like that's okay. Like, <laughs> you know." And and it like if that like you're saying if it comes into your head, you should probably. I think particularly with a doctor, you have to actually sit like advocate for the, for the things. A hundred percent. I'm going to say it comes into some people's head, like a knowing it comes yeah. into some people's heart or gut, like a, yeah. like a visceral yeah, or a little voice that goes, don't do that. Or that feels right. It's, it's a different place of intuition for everybody. Yeah. And it's our job to, to turn that volume up and, and, get more in touch with that. And then you're right. Advocate. Cause we're all kind of passive. I don't know. My doctor said, right. yeah, well, my doctor said, you're like, they don't know you. They're not in your body. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they know your history. They, yeah. And, and not to smash doctors. I mean, no, no, of course not. They're doing good. I am. They're, they're doing the best they can. Sorry. I could put that down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it looks like you were just st- literally I was like, well, at the sun. <laughs> well, my Instagram name is Jen of the Sun, and I'm oh, a nice. sun addict. <laughs> oh, I see. Can you see my wrinkles? You can't see it on the podcast. <laughs> no, there's no wrinkles. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It must be a Zoom filter. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why I'm not dipping my head in so you can't see the baldness that's on, I got on you. my I can't head. See it. No, your hair looks good, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever's there uh yeah that's fun that's that's great the looking at human design was was there anything that kind of prompted that or was that was just your curiosity led you down one thing that led you to another that found this kind of other community basically so what i'm hearing in you is how do you know what your next step in your journey is like where's the breadcrumbs how do you know what breadcrumbs to, to pick up and to follow? I don't know. Sure. I'm just, yeah. Asking. I mean, it's something like that. Yeah. 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 And for anyone who's kind of like, gosh, how do you, I would say my whole life I had passions, but they were a variety and so many things that I just dabbled, 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 dabbled because I was good at things. Mm-hmm. Not good at it. Not, not, a, you know, not great at any of them. Probably. Right. But I, I got, I get an astrology reading every year on my birthday. Okay. It just taps in for me what's happening in the stars. And this one time, the same person said something about, oh, you hear your intuition and it's a small little voice and you just hear it once. It's only once. It's only once. And I just went, I, I, I just flooded with like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. I had never heard it. I let my curiosity just guide me. And so I just researched and researched and I dove in like head first. And it, when I studied my chart, mm-hmm. it lined up. I have a channel of curiosity. I have a channel of being able to assimilate thoughts and then speak them. I don't know if you know that book, Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. 
Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. Good. You're a guy and know that book. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> well, she was always giving lectures. And for years after that book, she gave lectures on the Oprah circuit. Yeah. And she would just say, you find your passion and you just go for it. Mm-hmm. And then she got a letter from, a, I don't know who it was, a woman. And she said, mm-hmm. I don't know what my passion is. I find it offensive that you just say, it's so easy to find your passion. And the hard part is how do you go for it? And she said, I had to go back to the drawing board and just do some research on yeah. who knows their passion. How early do people know their passion? What? And she said, from her research, she realized that like 10% of people know what they want to be when they're little. And I'm one of those people. She was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so she apologized to all the people that are bl- butterflies that sample this and they sample this oh. and they sample this to know themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, do the dance. Mm-hmm. So it was a big apology tour, basically, for assuming that everyone was like her, which which is the problem when we assume everyone is like right. us. Yeah. So I'm a dabbler. I'm a dabbler, dabbler. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I like that. But when I found this, that was really mental mm-hmm. and really spiritual. Um, and I already had the physical happening. I was already grounded on the planet. Now I could dive in deep. Yeah. And it helped me. It helped me understand my patterns and the places I am stuck. And it helped me love other people and forgive other people more because I could go, oh, Oh yeah, I there's a different dance with every single person and I don't have to judge them or hate them. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, it fit right in for me, but everyone's different and to find your breadcrumbs and find the ones that are for you is again knowing your intuition and how it talks to you. Yeah. How does it talk to you? Yeah. Well, do you find that the levels of curiosity from certain people are different or have different amounts of time that they're willing to go and be curious? Because I think people can be curious, but that's it. It's a very, it's just very much like, oh, I just want to like find out the answer to this. And then once I do that, I'm good and I don't have to worry about it versus curiosity of, if I find something that really interests me, I'm going to chase the rabbit hole down. Yes. Everyone is different. Everyone is different that way. This, this system is based on the I Ching, which is an ancient uh, Chinese divination book of wisdom on how humans behave. And there's six lines, 64 keys. And if you have a lot of ones in your design, you're an investigator. You're insecure until you get to the bottom in, in that part of your chart. I mean, if you're a two, you're a natural and you kind of just are just the way you are. Like remember the movie with Robert Redford, the natural, Mm -hmm. you don't want to dig in too far about how to hit the ball. I just do it. That's how I am. So they don't want to really know. Yeah. They just are. Right. A three is going to experiment. They're going to try this and then get, they're going to make mistakes. They're born as an experimenter to make mistakes so that they can learn from experience. Mm -hmm. 
So everyone's different. The four and the five and the six are, are all different ways of finding how you dive in and then how you externalize it. So it seems like we're going to have to do your chart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or somebody's chart. I don't know. Musicians are, are um, musically. Can I, uh, can I go there? Please. So there's a, a G center that's in the center of everyone's being. It's like a metaphysical heart. Okay. And it's, a, it's your compass. It's your GPS. Mm-hmm. Some people's is colored in and some people's like mine is not colored in. We don't have to talk about that. But so mine is, I hear the world's direction before I can hear my own. So musically growing up, I was, I was hearing everyone else's groove. I was very good at matching other people's direction, which made me good for them musically Mm -hmm. versus, oh, it's my direction. Follow me. So I, I think musically, the people that have it colored in have a more defined, fixed way of sharing their direction and their identity. Whereas people that is not colored in, it's it's more um, adaptable, chameleon-like, which we need both. There's half of the world is that way and half is the other way. I wonder what yours is. What do you think? I think I, I've been... I don't want to say I want to say both the extremes, mm-hmm. but I've certainly see elements of both. I've definitely been doing more stuff that is at least creatively kind of in the composition realm, and but I and and also trying to be creative with like teaching and mm-hmm. presenting. Oh, that's that's my thoughts at the moment. Yeah, it feels like you're feeling the world first, and then it alchemizes into you and your voice yeah oprah is kind of open in her throat so she's feeling the world and asking the world asking the world instead of telling the world Mm -hmm. it's just that flow so anyway yeah yeah it's fascinating how everyone has a different way if you're frustrated dive in if you're Mm -hmm. you know curious both are true if your life's not working let's you dive in Mm -hmm. Or if you're curious, you dive in. Um, some people aren't frustrated and some people aren't curious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't take it yeah. personally anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, have you applied any of this to different parts of uh, on the musical side? Have you Have you looked at this in terms of maybe who plays what instrument or um, if there's like a certain field of music that has more of one style or one kind of circle. I don't, I'm not sure of the right word, but, but it versus another. No, it is always in my processing though. I'm always okay. like, hmm. and I, I started writing a book uh, probably 20 years ago called why we play, hmm. why we play, what draws us to the drums to be behind the band typically, and anchoring it versus the lead guitar player. What is, you know, I was always curious about the patterns of that, but I don't want to pigeonhole people. I, I, sure. or, or even typecast. I just am curious. Yeah. I kind of go, oh yeah, you like to be out front and you have something to say where I'm still growing and learning. Let me find it this way. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting. And if people know themselves, I, 
I have a story about, I think why I'm here has to do with the, the divine feminine and the healing of the divine feminine um, in men too. Men have it too. They have estrogen, you know, it's just the divine feminine has been suppressed and powered over and um, kind of stripped of its, if it's knowing we've mm-hmm. divine feminine, we've forgotten how to, how to, that being is okay. And the, the doing has won, has been, you know, idolized for thousands of years. And ever since I was little, it was always, why can't women do that? You know, in shop class, you know, girls take home ec, boys take shop. Right. And I was the first one in sixth grade. I went, I don't want to take home ec. I, I, not that I don't want to take home ec. I want to take shop. Yeah. I'm more curious about that, especially because he told me I couldn't do it. Oh, sure. So it did, it, re- it changed that whole thing. And then girls can't be priests. Why not? So it's been that that swimming against the tide, not not for women, but for the divine feminine in humans to remember how to receive, how to be a vessel, how to allow. Yeah. And yeah, my sister, my niece is she turned eighteen yesterday. Yeah. She had a birthday party, and. It's here in Nashville and say there's, there's these four guys, 17, 18 year olds playing in a band, just starting. Mm-hmm. A band. Yeah, yeah, And they're in it. They're in it. They're, they're basic. They've learned probably 20 songs mm-hmm. and they're in it. And then there's 20 girls all dressed up, beautiful going, Oh my God. <laughs> and I went, no, no. Wait, wait, no to who? Who are you saying no, no to? The energy. The energy. Oh, I see. I got you. <laughs> couldn't do it. So there was another adult there that was a musician, played the bass. And he, okay. I said, let's see if the girls want to learn a song. Are you in? And he's like, yeah. So we figured out a two-chord song, mm-hmm. Mickey Breaky Heart. Yeah. And the boys went and they got, <laughs> they got changed. They were getting changed. We went down there and said, okay, girls. Do you want to learn a song? Oh, I don't, we've never played an instrument. I don't know how to, no. Mm. But there was a couple of girls that went, yes. Okay, you're on drums, you're on guitar, you're on the, and we taught them in about 10 minutes, two chords. Yeah. Basic. I, I needed the separation to close. I needed that. It's not rocket science. Right. And it changed everything. They were all, and the guys walked in and saw that. It changed their perception of girls. It cha- the girls, it changed their perception of the boys and not being able to do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's fun for me. <laughs> that's wild. That's great. It, did you see the Barbie movie? I did. Remember, the guys are on the beach playing the guitar. Let me, no, let me play guitar at you. <laughs> that was my favorite line. <laughs> that's what was happening. Yes. That's what can't happen anymore. Right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry if you're listening, guys. What girls are missing is that beautiful confidence, that beautiful, raw confidence that you guys have. And what guys are missing is the um, empathetic receiving of the other realms and of the ability to communicate and soften. 
Mm-hmm. Not that I want us all to be androgynous and all to be even. I want us to be different and even. <laughs> right? I know what you mean. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it made my whole week. <laughs> and then they're like, can we play YYZ? And we're like, well, maybe not today. <laughs> yeah, they asked for another song. Let's learn blah, blah, blah. Some, it was a Taylor Swift song. You know, I go, of course. Well, that's like five chords. We don't have time for that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple of two-chord Taylor Swift songs I think we could. I think there are. Right, right. (laughs) But that's available. You can get it all on YouTube. Yeah. You can get the bass breakdown, watch the fingers, and learn it. It's all there for us now. Yeah. If you're you're wanting it, if you're curious again, if you want to be the cheerleader, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's fun. Yeah. I have cheered a lot of musicians in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, it, yeah. but we, we're here to be creative beings. We're all here to be creative beings. Yeah. On whatever level. You can be a creative cheerleader. You be a mm-hmm. but find out what's true for you. Yeah. Am I talking too much? No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's funny though, there's it's never a guy who says that. It's always the female identifying guests are all like, am I talking too much? Isn't that interesting? It's never, literally has never happened. <laughs> okay. My intuition, I get chills when truth is spoken. Uh-huh. Chills all over my body when you said that thing. That's my intuition, you know. Okay. <laughs> and and girls are worried about being too much. Yeah. Always. I, I Well, in my in my world, interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> huh. Okay, I'm gonna keep All talking. Right. I'm just kidding. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, and and Jen, we will back up. So, where did you grow up? So I grew up. I was born in Pittsburgh, and then I moved. Our family moved nine times before I was nine. And he wasn't military. He was just climbing a social ladder. Okay. But I grew up in Newport News, Virginia. Okay, mm-hmm. on the coast. I guess it was or on the near coast. the coast, right? It's maybe some yeah. on it, but okay. Yeah, a lot of military around there. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, busing. You know, that was the f- beginning of busing, and so oh yeah, which was brilliant. It was it was brilliant to have a diverse musical cultural expansion. You know, we were bused downtown for sixth and seventh grade, and then um, downtown was bused uptown, whatever. Mm-hmm. high school but i would say we had the healthiest part of that and it really um expanded me as a as a as a person as a you know growing up in the south let's have a healthy mix of people to learn from and to share with and um yeah newport news was cool that way mm. excellent did you have any family members in the arts um, my dad was a struggling Ken on the beach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was not ready to play guitar at someone. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're right. Except me. Oh, okay. oh my God, that was great. Oh gosh, that's so great. It's the yeah. same energy. <laughs> um, very struggling. He wanted to be Johnny Cash so bad. Mm. And mom played the piano um, and sang like in the church group and stuff. You know, so it was it was in there. And she played musicals. She played all the musicals all in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. 
in me and she wanted us all to be musicians. Yeah. We all had to play piano. Mm-hmm. And my teacher finally, after four years, said, Jen, you are not, this is not you. You're not good at this. Pick something else. <laughs> but you know what? She taught logically. She taught scales and reading. Mm-hmm. And in human design, that's not how I receive it from, I'm abstract. Oh, okay. I'm right-brained. I receive it all. If she had said, let's play the blues, here's a one, here's a four. Yep. I would have, I would have been a songwriter. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. Hmm. But I went that logical route. Yeah. Drumming too. I, I was given a choice between, ironically, between a marching teacher from mm-hmm. the military yeah, and this other Win Winfrey who had all the state champions and all the people, you know, and I, I said, Win, I, I want to meet with, with you. Well, he sent a student of his, which happened to be Roy Wooten. Do you know Roy Wooten? I don't. Future man. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Back in the day, I was nine. I was expecting Win Winfrey and mm-hmm. he sent, you know, this beautiful black guy with all these dreadlocks and I was expecting Win Winfrey. So I went with the military drum teacher. Mm. Unfortunately, I mean, I, and my big regret, because if I had studied with Roy from nine years old, I would have been a way different player. Sure. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. He lives here and I'm good <laughs> friends with his whole family. And um, we just laugh about that. He, he thought it was because he was black. And I said, no, it's because I thought it was going to be Win. I, I I felt duped. Mm. But anyway, I forgot where we we're going. The well, so you're just you're it, it it's it's moved to the next thing, which is kind of the your musical background. So so it becomes rudimental. Sounds like drumming. It becomes rudiments, man. It becomes reading. Yeah, rudiments. I got really good. I could read anything. Mm-hmm. And and I was fat. I had really good hands. Yeah. And I was scared of the other side, you know, scared of the really creative listening side. I, I didn't understand that. But anyway, yeah, I went on to Allstate and was the first gold drummer to be, you know, first chair in Allstate in Virginia, which is Virginia and Texas and Indiana. Indiana are kind of like the states. Um, but they were blind auditions. Mm which mattered. It was just really mattered. Yeah. yeah. You can read your musical and you have good chops, you know, so what, you know what I mean? It's cool. Go to school, March, you have good hands. Um, It's musical, but it wasn't musical in my soul musical. Mm. Um, I wasn't good at memorizing and right brain people really aren't. They're just really in the moment and really receiving it all. It's logical people that are really good at memorizing and focusing. So, gosh, if all our kids, if we knew what our kids were <laughs> when they're little, not to pigeonhole, but to, to test in different ways and see what they light up with. Yeah. Do you have kids? Oh, we do not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have kids either. I guess that's why I like loved hanging out with my nieces. <laughs> <laughs> I like That's hanging true. out with yeah. <laughs> I like hanging out with my nieces and nephews as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a fake parent. I'm a fake parent. Yeah, you know, we 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 parents kind of, and then we give we give them back. Yeah, I, I yeah. I didn't want to do it full time. 
you know? Right. Same. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that is, but anyway. Right. The Z movie Idiocracy. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what's the what's the what's the idiocracy? What do you mean? Which part? Well, the very beginning, you know. Well, we were gonna have kids, but we wanted to wait. We wanted to wait. We wanted to wait. And so all the people that it was right. basically all the stupid people had all the kids and they kept procreating. Yeah. And 500 years later, the world is run by, you know, a low IQ. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're close to that. Just kidding. I'm just <laughs> awful. We just, anyway, if I could do it over again, what? I was just saying, my, my wife and I love saying, uh, uh, it's got electrolytes. It's what plants <laughs> crave. <laughs> it's the best. It's classic, classic. So good. Classic. <laughs> yeah, the new movie is Don't Look Up. Have you seen that one on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. Meryl Streep and Leonardo. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of. Same kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I like Idiocracy better, though. <laughs> it's more of a guy kind of, you know, humor. I don't mean to. Oh, Idiocracy? Back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I, I know <laughs> it is. That's funny. Yeah. Because parents are always going to, with love, teach their children how they learned. Right. Or the opposite, because it didn't work for them. So they're going to go to the opposite. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I mean, that's just how it works. And that's, that's no problem. But we have a system now that can, can mathematically, based on the moment you are born, determine how you receive information. What's the best way for you to receive information? What's the best environment for you to thrive? Just like mm -hmm. we do with a plant. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't do it so much with our kids, you know? Sure. It fascinates me to imagine if I had studied with Roy, for instance, mm -hmm. and, uh, become more of an intuitive player and a brave player instead of possibly clinging to logical and reading and um, which is all good. Classical music. I'm a legit player. I can play the shit out of, you know, mm -hmm. timpani and I'm really, I love symphonic music. Mm -hmm. I really love it. I have a master's degree in um, conducting, mm. but it's not what I'm naturally good at. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? We always want what we're not. So we, we go there and then we go, well, what do I do with that? Now what? Sure. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that journey. I'm different for it. Right. But it doesn't ring my bell. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like it takes going to, you know, that far in before then you're like, oh, no, it isn't this. <laughs> That's an open G. That's just kind of going down there. Is that, are you my mother? Are you my mother? <laughs> it's it's literally surrendering to other people's GPS until you yeah. line up with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But it's like a stew. Let me put in this. Let me put in, the, oh, a little more of this. Mm -hmm. And now you're your own stew. I like that. I bet you have an open G. I bet you do. Sure. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is all part of Jen's plan to map me. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> only, only if you lean in, like, I don't, I don't care. It's only like, if you, if you care. It's funny. Um, in, in the, when you're doing all the kind of the more military, the more structured learning, what are your experiences that you're getting aside from taking lessons and kind of the individual part of it? I was getting affirmed in a track that was prescribed. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's validating. That's validating. Yeah. There's a flam. Here's, I can't do it. And the instructor, great instructor, Pete Moreau from Virginia. You can't do it yet. You can't do it yet. You can't do it yet. And I could grow in a way that had a prescribed track. Mm-hmm. Rudiments, metronome, faster, 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 clean, you know. So yeah. I gained um, logical patterns, talents in a repetitive way to mastery. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm master, but that's that's the way that pattern is growing. You repeat something over and over, 10,000 hours mm-hmm. um, into it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. So there's skills there. There's logical skills. And some people are built for that. My design is not built for that. But we want what we're not. So you go down there until you go, oh, yeah. but some people are really built to do it that way. If you fall in love with that, I would say, look at Steve Gadd. He has that whole background. Yeah. Drum core, mm-hmm. rudimental style. And he, I would say, shifted that logical, repetitive um, mastery into an abstract groove oriented experience yeah. for each song, for each artist. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite drummers of all times. Yeah. It's totally there. It's great. It's totally there. Yeah. But you can hear some other drummers that are rudimentary style and reading a page and logical mm-hmm. where it doesn't translate into a feeling for other people. Mm-hmm. You could hear it. Oh, that that's good. That's, that's um, very perfunctionary and mm-hmm. brilliant actually. But I, I'm, I don't cross over into an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you're making me think that because there's a lot of that, that type of learning, I think is why there are people who really can, can function very well doing the orchestral circuit. Yes. They, because they know that that training requires just like the detailist, you know, really, really tight in the box kind of stuff to kind of build that, that core on this kind of really, and, and that's, I don't know, maybe they, they, I don't know if they always love it, but they at least like, they can do it, you know? I would say they love it. They can adjust into it. Yeah. I I would say if it's, if, if they've followed their curiosity, Mm -hmm. half the people are logical and half the people are experiential. Yeah. Um, And people that are following that logical path that, really resonate with it. Yeah. It's 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 written down and their left brain has something to focus on that specific. Shoot, you take that to mastery. That's it's a brilliance that's everyone's doing that in the symphony and the whole transcends into something experiential. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I have utmost respect for that. You know, if Perfect, the, yeah. the reading to me when I'm reading a chart now, I as soon as I can get off the chart, I am mm-hmm. I beg people. Let's what do you know by heart? Mm-hmm. So that we can already go to that place of what's next? Where do we take it? Yeah. Something new. Where other people are really wanting to do it like the record and wanting it to be correct, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that as much. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of that. We we talk about this a lot right now with YouTube as it relates to um some people studying classical pieces for for like marimba per se and they'll they'll hone in on the one version that they found that they connect to and then they'll they'll i think they think i will recreate this version and have it not be necessarily what they have either thought about or really desire to play it's just that they this is the version this is the correct version i'm going to recreate the correct version so my question to those people is, why is that version for you? Why did you pick that version? Sure, yeah. What about it? Ring your bell. Was that the right? Rang your bell. What about it? Sure. And if if they can if they can name that, I don't know. It makes me feel purple. <laughs> or what they're what they're accessing is a space in them that maybe they can't name. Mm-hmm. I feel it inside. It makes me, it makes me move. It's something that I can actually do. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that is to me the reason for, I'm trying to think I had my teacher in college pick my marimba recital. And I go, why did you pick that for me? I couldn't pick my own at that time. Mm -hmm. I needed someone to do that for me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know myself enough at 20. It was a Saint-Saëns um, marimba. No, it was a violin concerto. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember it was perfect. It was perfect for me because it was simple enough. It, it wasn't that technical fast. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it all in my head. I mm. had to. I had to dance with that violin. Um, I don't know. I can really remember feeling the passion of violin. And that's what I connected with. Yeah. And other people that are super logical are going to want to go with a, a more logical, you know, what, what, what ha- was happening for you there? What is your jam on that? If you had what to you pick, mean? what do you love? What, if I'm thinking about this in terms of when I perform, I'm usually, I need to hear if I'm, if I'm playing something that's been performed by someone else, I need to hear it once. And then I never listen to it again. Cause now I'm like, now it's discovery. Now I'm going to figure out my version. Ooh, I, I don't that. go back. Cause I'm just like, no, I, this I'm part. And I really enjoy the discovery period in practice. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I know songwriters are like that. They they hear what's happening on the radio now, and then they just turn it off. So they can tap into the uh, direction, maybe, or the flavor. Yeah. And then create your own thing from it. 
Yeah. I love that. We, again, we're here to be creative beings. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. And your comfort level and where that begins is up to you, you know? Right. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Gosh, I'm getting tired. <laughs> we, we, we got a couple, few more, few more to go here. Hopefully that's all right. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where do you end up going to undergrad? So it was so funny. I was so spacey in high school. It's really that abstract brain. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That I went to James Madison University. I just applied to in-state schools. Okay. It turns out they have like the best friggin' marching band. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was a 300. And that was, was, that was when Bill Rice was there, right? Yes. Second yeah, yeah. year Bill Rice. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> early Bill Rice. I, I didn't love know my... early Bill Rice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you know Bill. Yeah. Uh, he nurtured me in that way. Just, I came in and apparently, I, you know, came right to band camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had good hands. So it's yeah. like, uh, so I was on the snare line with 10 people on the snare line. And um, again, uh, Bill was just great. He just, he's just so open and creative himself. He's the one that picked the Saint-Saul mm. for the senior recital. But so I got a degree in music education, but I was undeclared for until I was a junior. Okay. I didn't know. I, I was like, Ugh. I have no idea. I'm a late bloomer. I'm, I wanted psychology. I wanted to be Jacques Cousteau. Um, yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah. And let me say this, too. The, my freshman year, I took ear training. As you have to. Mm-hmm. And the bassoon TA said, you're a drummer. You're, gonna, you're not going to be good at this. This is going to be hard for you. And I, I would, I hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah, but yeah. I had that filter on that it was going to be really hard, and it friggin' was. Yeah. I failed it three times. Oh boy. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it, and no one could teach me in a way that I could hear it. Mm. Very frustrating. Um. Anyway. So wait, wait. So how do you, how how do you how did you get through that then? I probably cheated. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I just faked it until I faked it or guessed right. Or I just, Mm -hmm. it was very difficult for me. Yeah. Um, And I just think I was a late bloomer in being able to hear it Mm -hmm. too. It went on into graduate school. You know, you had, I took my, the orals and you have to do it in front of a panel of six people, but the, for conducting, it was an ear Right. First too, which I was horrible. I'm pretty sure they just let me through because I had other gifts. I, I don't know what happened, but it's, it's a thing I can hear now. Mm-hmm. I could hear then. Yeah. So what was my point? I was, if, if I had been taught in an abstract way, the mm-hmm. one, the four, not the C and then the F, I couldn't be that logical about it. Yeah. Play me the blues and oh, oh, there it changes. Mm-hmm. So I forgot what the question was again, but. <laughs> I We were, you were just talking about how the challenges of getting through a music ed program sounds like. Oh yeah. I just didn't know what I wanted to be. And the ear training was super hard. Theory was cool. I loved arranging. Mm. Love taking something and then 
I could put a bassoon here. What? Anyway, I love that. Um, but finally I had to decide mm-hmm. just to get through school. And then I student taught at James Madison high school in Vienna. Okay. Yeah. A big, huge band program. And I went, okay, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> I knew right then. It was then. pretty quick when that bell. I was, due, uh, I was like, no. So I, I finished school. I got on a sailboat for six months in the Caribbean. And then I got sorry, on a what? <laughs> <laughs> Just jumped on a boat? I know. They were hiring for um, crew. Oh, okay. So I crewed. No drumming at all for six months. And then... I had already worked at Bush Gardens. Mm-hmm. So Bush Gardens bought a cruise line, called me up and asked me if I wanted to be on their cruise ship in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. So <laughs> I sailed the Bermuda, caught a, a flight over to um, California, got on the ship for, I think, four months and played the shows on the cruise ship. And then that's when I started teaching exercise. Oh. The exercise teacher... Um, got in a fight with his boyfriend and jumped off the, sh- not jumped off the ship, but got off the ship. And I went, oh, <laughs> exercise too. Yeah. So super, it was super the evolution. And then I got a scholarship to Arizona. It was weird. Gary Cook and Bill Rice had a conversation mm-hmm. and invited me to Arizona. And I, I did a year of percussion performance mm-hmm. And still, I was not, it wasn't for me. I, what, what do I do with that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not a mad sit in a practice room kind of person. So I quit. I taught high I was a substitute teacher for two years. And then I taught high school for, I taught marching band, music theory, um, and orchestra. <laughs> like I had strings. And it was super fun. Weird, weirdly fun. Um this is all in Tucson? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was 23. And so the parents were like, who is, what is, what is going on? You know, it was very, the parents were the hardest part. Sure. The kids were amazing. Mm-hmm. A little marching band program. Anyway, of course I said, what song do you know by heart? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all reading Slavonic dances and marching five, yeah. eight. And they, they just weren't ready. For, it was like horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their, their esteem was low and their, everyone was like, oh. Mm-hmm. We pulled out tequila. Nice. We did a great little drum feature and a dance. Mm-hmm. Everyone uplifted. Now we can do a harder song. Now yeah. we can do a harder song. Anyway, I went back, finished my degree in conducting. My master's. Oh, Okay under Greg Hansen and played timpani in the wind symphony. And it was, it was super fun and super mind blowing. I was a natural at that, but I still couldn't hear. I wasn't good enough to be a conductor. Mm. I didn't like the details of it. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a little flat and that. No. Yeah. yeah I just couldn't do it. So anyway, then I moved to, I moved to um, Nashville. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let's unpack a little bit of that. <laughs> that was great. That was great. So on the, when you're doing the uh, kind of the cruise ship portion, 
did you do that basically for as long as, as you could handle it? Or was it, were you like, cause there are people who they seem to be, they could probably pull it off for long stretches of time if they so choose. Not me. Okay. If you've ever been on a tour bus, it's, it was like a cruise ship. You're in this confined and you have yeah. different people coming on every week, which keeps it fresh. I need fresh. I need new. I love the experience of being, of traveling yeah, and new people and new faces. Same show every night. I, I'm just, I'm bored. I'm just bored. And yeah. so we did Alaska, which was brilliant, but then we were going to go to the Caribbean for the winter. And I had just done that, you know, on a sailboat. So I didn't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a little incestuous on those things too. You know, you just start dating all the, um, <laughs> all the, captains <laughs> yeah, yeah. right <laughs> and then it just gets messy so you just kind of go you know let me just jump off this ship <laughs> bmi but yeah yeah i don't I, even if I, I wouldn't go back to a cruise ship now either but it is fun for people yeah you can make a great living but it's like on an island right and there there's no expansion or upward mobility right yeah, there's no real ladder to climb there. But I'm finding my ladder now is inward, it's inward, it's inward, it's inward. So you could do that anywhere if you're not completely distracted by your job. Right. Or your, yeah, your people you're around or. Right. You have to add something and you have to add something to them for that agreement of of a, of a spiritual path. Right on the sailboat or sailboat the 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 caribbean part what was it like to not play for six months did you miss it i brought sticks and a pad so i had it in my hands i always have to have my hands engaged and i've just always done that yeah i sat in a couple bands there um i I just was always so insecure about my playing and about music i was always insecure Mm. I'm going to say until about a year ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just always like, mm, I don't know. Jen, sit in. Do you want to sit in? Mm, I don't know. It was that girl thing. Yeah. Where a guy's going, I want to sit in. Put me on the list. I want to play. Yeah. I'm going, mm, I don't think, ah, I'm not sure. Is this good enough? What do you think? What do you think? It's my journey. And hopefully it's a, I don't know a beacon of some sort mm-hmm. for that part of people that um, are just, are just wondering what's, what's that about? You know, it's bravery, it's courage, it's being willing to fail and being willing to suck, you know, and just like yeah, yeah. do it. I don't mean do it as in um, the doing. Right. I mean, don't not do it. Right. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. different. It is. It's different. It's like this. Uh, yeah. It just might be growing up, you know? Sure. Getting old enough to not care what other people think. Mm-hmm. And messing up enough to know that you're not going to die. Right. And, and until you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maturity <laughs> is good. <laughs> 
it does tighten up the, you know, <laughs> some it of the tightens up something. It does some things. Yeah. <laughs> Jello, you know, okay. When is it going to firm up? Yeah. I, I'm a late bloomer. A hundred percent. Yeah. You? I think so. Yeah. Who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't matter to some flowers. Who cares? It takes seven years. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I certainly didn't bloom in high school, you know. Hmm. That's okay too. Some people do, and that's great too. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Fine. So what is your podcast people? What do they need to know? What's the theme for what are you searching for? Uh what do they need to I don't know if I think of what they need to know but I I am more interested in in journey in uh details about what people do I mean I know that people anecdotally people say that they they like knowing like they if they see someone who is sometimes it's like they're people who are ahead of them in their career or you know they've been there for longer or whatever to know that they're like, okay, I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. Like they've done, you know, sometimes it's just kind of, it could be an affirmation. The percussion part is just a, is just like a, a tie together yeah, for, to learn more about the person. I that, love I, that's how I, I think about it. At least. I love that Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a, um, a poem on my Facebook page. It's my little tagline. It says music is my golden thread. Not just drumming, but music is my golden thread. Yeah. Wholeness is my passion. Something about curiosity is my driving force. Being is the action. Hmm. But music has always been the golden thread for me yeah. to, to understand myself, you know, to, to and what I have to offer, how I share with other people, how I can serve, and to witness my own growth as a human through being scared to death, musically scared to death. So much so that in like in um, band camps in like sixth grade, seventh grade, being even first chair, cause I could read, I was fast and the band director could see that. But then having the other drummers take the parts and having me just go, oh, okay, okay. It's this whole dance about having a voice and being able to stand in my own power for the service of others, not as a victim of others. It's that yep. dance. And guys experience it, I will say, differently than girls. Um, and that's changing. But isn't it a journey of just knowing yourself and trusting that? And then Hansel and Gretel, which breadcrumbs, which ones do we like? Which ones are guiding us home? And it's mm-hmm. a journey inside of appreciation and wonder and like gratitude Gosh, and we get to use these tools. We get to use music. We get to use music as our cape batter, you know? Super fun. And whatever else lights your fire. Right. But 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 create something. Someone said create something unique that's you. I, I, I heard um, Louise Hay. She wrote a book called uh, You Can Heal Your Life. She was 60 when she created a publishing company. Hmm. And it's huge. It's a, it still sells millions of copies every year. She passed mm. about five years ago, but there is no, it's not over till it's over, meaning you're dead. Right. 
So the journey is in finding out what lights you up and falling in love with yourself so radically as a unique being that you shine as that. And that is either a beacon for other people or a light so they can see themselves more clearly. Yeah. That's to me, that's it. That's all. And we get to use drums, the best instrument on the planet. <laughs> see my drums? You can see them. Look. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they so pretty. They're so pretty. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jen, I finish out with a segment called Random Ask Questions. Oh, God. Good. Okay. Uh, first couple, not random. Uh, but what's an issue in, you can think of this in the percussion world. You could think of this in, um, in the exercise world and the human design human design. gosh I, i'm gonna get that i was like what is it it's like body not, don't oh. who cares it doesn't matter i know but you could pick one of you pick one of those you can pick all of them but some an issue in these worlds that you um inhabit every day that most gets under your skin or drives you the most nuts a deal breaker for me is when people chew loud let me just say <laughs> okay that's a deal breaker yeah what really energetically gets under my skin is people overblowing their ego or underblowing their ego. There's either a, a bully mentality of overconfidence or a self-esteem. I'm not good enough. I just like to reach in there and feel what's true. For for the divine feminine, again, it's um, are you are you being authentic? I guess it's authenticity. Mm -hmm. being authentic where's the fluff what's real and true for you and can i help you find that and I, and am i being authentic mm -hmm. yeah i it's interesting to hear you phrase it as both an overblown ego and then an under or whatever however you 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 kind of phrase that because because you could because is is part of that where if they are saying I don't like you're doing kind of like the um, I don't want to or, or keep myself under wraps or whatever. And that being actually not truthful because you're not allowing yourself to experience the full gamut, I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a I think of the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, he was big and I'm the king of the forest. Yeah, yeah. And then he crumbles. Right. Is weeping because he was sort of, you know, neither one of those are true. Right. Both amplifications of um his journey and his search and and but really what he did was save the day when he calmed down and said pour water on her <laughs> to kill the witch. So I think we're all going through this journey on some level of, not all of us, sure. on, on what's true. Some people do it with their ego. Some people do it with their emotions. Some people do it with literally their direction. Let me try this, try that. It's it's feeling into our, um, our zone mm -hmm. of our authentic self. And then how do we create from that? Something that's really, really fun for us, mm -hmm. really lights us up, really can guide us and then maybe guide other people. Is that a pet peeve? Is that what you said? A pet peeve? Uh, it gets under your skin. 
Yeah, drives you drives you nuts, that kind of thing. What triggers me? Sure, yeah, that's a that's a good another way you could say it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Control is another one for me. Like if people are controlling me or if they need to be in control, control is a button for me. Yeah. Where I go, do not. (laughs) (laughs) Or I see you trying to do that and don't. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Not that I need to be in control, but I am in control of this, you know, for now. So, yeah, control is a I always feel like a very helpful question sometimes is what are you doing? You know, like to kind of like when you're, that's like kind of the control where you're like, just tell me what you're doing. So. I like, so so we all know what's going on here. Yeah. Can we name that? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is what Dorothy did to the cowardly lion. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think some, she just slapped him across the face. Right. And he went and he crumbled. Yeah. So that's what you're doing with that question. That's that's a brilliant way of having them wake up to the fact that I can see you being bigger than you are. Right. Who are you? That's a teach. That's a good teacher, Pete. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. That, I think that comes out of when you're in, in meetings or, or something and you're just like, can we just like... I'm I'm sorry. I like I can't I can't this can't take this long. Like just just tell me what's going on. <laughs> you know, like that's your beautiful search, but I think you have an open throat. I really do because you put it in a way that's a question. Right. That lets people come to their voice about it instead of you telling them, "You know what? You're you're overblowing this." That's good. That's a good teacher. Trying. <laughs> Always. Yeah. All right. Next question. Um, I'm going to be specific to percussion on this one, um, which is your exp- and you could this is one you just take wherever you want. But your experiences being a woman in the field of percussion. Yeah, meant to be. It shows me. OK. It guided me from piano, which wasn't good at into this male dominated, yang dominated field which is perfect for me because I love swimming upstream (laughs) and doing it in a way that's, um, is feminine to be able to hold the feminine. I'm not judging any drummers and women drummers that are very masculine, but I recognize the fact that it is a thing that is a yang thing that, that you have to, hold a certain energy to be able to ground the drums but women were drummers first that book when women were drummers mm. when were the shamans they held the the drum that guided the spirit of the tribes back in the day women held that space and i think that's where it resonates for me that's the curiosity that's the i don't know why i'm doing this but i have to do this for the divine feminine and swim upstream as a, as a guide to prove to myself that I can do it. And to, to honor the way for women that are wanting to do that. I I get it every time, every time I play, I happened last week. I've never seen a guy from India. I've never seen a woman drummer. I'm like, still really, Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past that. Aren't you past that now? Oh, yeah. But I've been playing now for 50, for 49 years. 
Mm-hmm. So it was way more unusual in the beginning. But I do find that that it attracts a a male yang energy, even a hitting hard. And I'm finding it doesn't you you don't have to hit hard, but I think we have to acknowledge our inner place and hear it within us to not defensively play as women. Bill Rice used to say that I, I played a bunch of, I put myself through school a lot of ways through in jazz through mm-hmm. um, Madison. Yeah. You go, you're playing too hard. You're hitting too hard. I couldn't hear myself in the group until now I can. It's an inward journey. So, but I, but it has to do with the balance of yin and yang, which mm-hmm. I'm madly curious about. I'll move on to some other, this is, this would be a little more goofier questions, but um has anyone ever nailed an impression of you? And if so, how'd they do it? Well, this is embarrassing, but the photographs of me taking, playing the kid mm-hmm. are always, I always look like I'm making love when I'm playing, you know? <laughs> and it's weird because guys do that when they're playing electric guitar. Oh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so much drummings as much, but for uh-huh. me... I guess that's how I look and that's how it looks in videos. And that's apparently what fascinates people because I'm in it. I am in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I am passionate about it. And I guess it's a close um, correlation. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My very, no, but see, I, the, the translation to the guitar was, is perfect. Cause I don't know. Have you ever seen the ones where, they digitally remove the guitar and put a, a slug no. in this. So they play show guitarists like who are trying to hold like giant slugs. It's, it's, it's really hilarious. Like, I think you, you would be right up your alley. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. Cause what are people aren't for me? I'm just connecting in a way that feels organic. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm trying to, I'm not trying, I'm listening and having to also do. Mm-hmm. All musicians are doing that. You're receiving and doing. And so it comes out in a, I guess, a passionate way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. What is the most impractical item of clothing you own? I think all of my clothing is so practical. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's I'm an awful dresser. I am functional, practical, comfortable. Yeah. I, I am not Wackadoo. Maybe this thing on top of my head. <laughs> That's as, is as far as my you go. antenna. That's where yeah. I go. <laughs> you can't see it at home, but typically in the last year, I'm wearing my hair like this. Yeah, yeah. Because if I don't, I'm messing with it all the time. I see. Yeah. That yeah, it's practically impractical because it looks impractical, but it's practical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's but and just so people know, it's the it's the scrunchie that has that that's right on the top of the head. Like an antenna, you know, so I can keep my neck warm with my hair, but I don't, I'm not playing with it all the time. Or I would be, it'd be so annoying for you. That would be one of your pet peeves. Mm. As my boyfriend goes, stop playing with your hair. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I obviously have to deal with the same issue. So, you know, I just. (laughs) You probably played with it too much and it fell right out. Yes, that's, that's what I'll tell myself. I'll tell it's not (laughs) jeans. It's not, you know. (laughs) you're okay yeah. <laughs> bald is the new sexy come on <laughs> and you're not bald i see some here no it's it's go it's i'm heading in that direction though i i know it's coming 
and I'm trying to delay. Um, <laughs> Bald is the new black. Yeah, we're okay. okay. <laughs> what is a, for you, what is a great movie and what is a terrible movie? Do you want examples of movies or why they're great and why they're terrible? No, no, no. Well, you can you can give an example. I, I want a name, but you could then say why or something like that. A great movie? Yeah. Matrix. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you think. It makes is this expansion. I could watch it a hundred times and still not understand it. Mm-hmm. But I walk away with something new every time. Yeah. That's what keeps me fresh about music about lyrics about a good poem mm-hmm. I, I am different every time i like a river you're different every time you're in it mm-hmm. the river's different every time yeah so that makes a good movie for me a bad movie i also love movies that have low ratings oh sure yeah okay don't you i'm like sometimes yeah let me get, i'm in there because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad i can't stop i can't stop yeah. but you good for me i i don't know don't look up got 28 on rotten tomatoes yeah and it's brilliant okay a bad movie is one that's trying too hard mm. it either has no substance and tons of flash i need substance they save the world i love i love um science fiction movies and mm. It's not Star Trek. It's not Star Wars. It's the latest version of that. It's coming to me. But they did the third movie, and it's horrible. They had the biggest budget in the whole world. Avatar? I hate that Avatar. Okay. But Avatar. it's not. But that's not what you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of... Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I can tell I'm getting tired. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Guardians 1. Amazing. Great messages. Funny, mm-hmm. great music, mm-hmm. and great action. Does make a good movie for me. One and two were great. And then three, they just got, they just lost it. They lost the balance of a good message. Mm-hmm. And that'd be, if you don't have a good message, you've, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. They, it was it was a cash grab. It's, it's, it's what you're... <laughs> I, I think they got over... People do it with music too. You'd have this amazing budget now because you've done so well. And now you get scared of how can we even make that even better? Right. But what was good about it was the simple message. Yeah. Let's do another message. Yeah. You know, the same message is love yourself more and love others more. Um, But reframe it in a way that intrigues me and excites me. So what's a bad movie? Let me think. Oh, yeah. Avatar. Horrible. I was compelled by the first Avatar until the end. But this, this, the water, it's horrible. It's horrible. They kill a whale. And then they just fight. And they fight for no good reason at all. And there's no point in its grossly disgusting boo. All right. What's a, what's a great book? I'm going to say the same thing. A great book is something that is you feel yourself differently each time. You can read and you have something new each time. Mm-hmm. I have a a library. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I Ching. Dive into that and see what comes up for you. <laughs> and there's tons of versions of it, but there's some that 
oh, that I feel that that changed me. I can contemplate that. The Gene Keys is the modern day version of the I Ching, and it's just just mind mind spirit blowing. Yeah. When did you first encounter the I Ching? Twenty years ago, probably maybe thirty years ago, I started throwing the I Ching and bringing the other realms that aren't really measurable into the wonder factor. And it's not that the, what's written is true. It's how, it's what comes up for you that you get to now contemplate. Is it true or not? So we get to practice other realms of information that are always there, but how do we dance with those? And do we want to dance with those? And I do. Yeah. Yeah, this is good one's going to seem out of left field, but do you have a sports fandom? No. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I, I love athletes. I love the body. I love, yeah, I, I guess I love a good competition kind of, but I get mortified by the um, gladiator sports of, of football. I'm going to say I love Ted Lasso. I love the soccer of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> love. Like, I can't say that enough. I love that. A good tennis match, but I'm bored anymore with watching it. Mm. I think it's a huge distraction. What's a huge distraction? Watching. Oh, sports. okay. You'd rather do. I'd rather be in it playing playing something, yeah, than watching it. And, and, and distractions are okay, and we need them. And go Missouri, I guess. I, Sure. Yeah, but I was never a big fan of any mm. sport that way. Yeah. Okay. Even though I played tennis and I'm a good swimmer and I'm an athlete in that kind of way, I wasn't a good team person. Mm. Okay. All right. Where is somewhere that you have not traveled to that you still want to get to? I would definitely go on a spaceship anywhere. I just would in a Star Trek kind of lands undiscovered, but not as a plan to move to Mars because we fucked up this planet. Sure. So that's one. I, I'd love to be a space traveler. In this world, the pyramids, anywhere there are pyramids, I would be into going. The Mayan culture, the Egyptian culture. There's, I mean, there's vortexes all over the planet that just impact us just because they are. And I'm curious about that, but I'd love to go anywhere. I, I love it. And wherever you go, there you are. Right. But to know the journey is interesting, but who are you? Have you ever heard the, the corollary to that, which is, uh, you know, if you're a miserable person here, you would go somewhere else and just be miserable over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. <laughs> But life is hard, right? It's hard to be right. ourselves and then it's hard to be with someone else. Yeah. I think that's just part of it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Uh, worst job growing up? Anytime I had to work for someone else, I was I was miserable, pretty much miserable. I, I'm, I did it and I, I could be good at working for people. But I haven't worked for someone since I taught high school when I was 23. Yeah. 
I've always worked for myself. Yeah, I haven't really had a bad job. You know, I cleaned doctor's offices at 15. I worked at McDonald's. It was great. I worked at Pizza Hut. I'm a great server. Everyone should be a server at some point in their life. I think I filed for my sister's company for like six months. And she said, Jen, it's not going to work out. You can't wear that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't wear that. And it's just not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I need my own hours and Mm -hmm. my own boss. Gotcha. Last couple, strangest, funniest, or most bizarre performance moment that involves you? Well, I think I related that Austin City Limits one where mm-hmm. I had to play a solo in front of a live television audience with a kit that was built for a six foot four person. <laughs> that was that was wild. I do know we marched um, James Madison, the marching mm-hmm. Royal Dukes, the big drum line where you were in Washington, D.C., marching the Redskins, was it the Super Bowl or the one leading up to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Freezing. It was freezing and snowing and awful. And we had this drum feature that Tony Falcone wrote. You know, Tony? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Lance Pettig was on the line. Tony was on the snare line. And I dropped my damn stick. And I knew I would. Like, I, it was a stick toss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I dropped my stick. I have, of course, we have spares, but mortifying. And I knew I would. It was my biggest fear and it happened. Who cares? Right. But you kind of almost willed it in in some ways. or I It was, almost, always, it was never not in your brain, at least. I knew it was going to happen. And I just was already knowing it was going to happen. And I willed it in. Yeah. <laughs> the power of the mind, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. All right. And last question, Jen. Uh, one piece of art could be music, movies, books, podcasts. YouTube clips, theater, visual art, poetry, anything has impacted you the most recently? I'm a big um, photographer and I take a lot. I have thousands and thousands of pictures of nature, of trees. So I have them in my house and it it, it always impacts me. It always keeps me present to um, life and the flow. I'm a big fan of Chagall, Mark mm-hmm. Chagall. Yeah. It's an abstract um, pastel the colors and the Kabbalah that's in there that you can't just go, Oh, it's that Mm. I can always read something and I'm always inspired by it. Art gets me. The colors mean something. It's a frequency Mm -hmm. that changes us or impacts me. And I, um, so I'm doing art. I'm like magic marker. Those are amazing. They're really fun. I, I've just taken to, um, I know you can't see it on the podcast. Sure. But just just doing like, yeah, the whole universe is cheering you on. Oh, that's great. (laughs) It's like an abstract, and I'm not saying my own art is what turns me on. Yeah, yeah. But I am inspired by everyone's art, and it makes me want to create. It just makes me want to create. Yeah. So let's offer... Whatever people lean into, I lean into some abstract art, but something that makes me feel like I can do it too. It's funny. Like here's, here's anyone's going to go, I could totally do that. And that's what I want them to think. Right, right. Yeah. Anyone could do that. But I still find people that are scared to still do it. Mm-hmm. They go, you're an artist. Gosh, totally not an artist. Whatever you lean into. Yeah. 
Chagall. Chagall. <laughs> Chagall. <laughs> or Mozart. Or Steve Gadd playing, you know, with Paul Simon or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, the things, exactly. all the things, Pete, all the things. All of it. All right, Jen, we are done. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. What an honor, Pete. What a great question asker you are and a intuitive, like hold the space soul. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Wow. What a lot of fun and enjoyment that conversation was. I greatly appreciated Jen's time and energy for this conversation, and I wish her continued success in Nashville or wherever her journey may take her next. I look forward to meeting her in person, maybe again at some point in the future. Thanks again, Jen. This week's rave has to do with, well, reunions. I was among a number of folks my age that I've gotten to know mostly through my undergrad time at Wake Forest, that this past weekend ended up being one where we reconnected with those we went to high school with and graduated with now 30 years ago. I was able to travel to New York for the weekend, one that ended up being maybe the only free weekend I'll have for the next two months plus, and getting the chance to reconnect with high school folks for the first time since the last reunion 10 years ago. I'm still in touch with a small handful of folks I went to high school with regularly, but I always enjoy getting the chance to catch up with those I spent much of the first 17 years of my life with. The numbers attending were smaller than years past, though that wasn't such a surprise. It turns out that this weekend, while also being a high school reunion weekend, ended up being parents weekend for many of my friends who have kids at college. So, there was that. In any case, for myself, among the folks I chatted with included lawyers and doctors, college professors and elementary and middle school teachers, folks who work in finance, insurance, and various state organizations, folks involved in media and film, and folks who are electricians, building contractors, real estate developers, and many other trades. We ended up hanging out in a recently established bar in our local town and just honestly chatted, enjoyed each other's company, and took some photos. And, you know, had a few adult beverages as well. It was also very good to see some family while I was there, considering that this is a time of year that I almost never get to see New York in the fall. So, if you get the chance... I would definitely recommend going to your reunions, wherever they happen. It's never a better time than now to reconnect with old friends. And that's our show. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. And leave a comment and a rating. You can always find every episode and the show notes at the homepage at PeteZambito.com slash Pete's Percussion Podcast, the episodes. The show is also on SoundCloud and Spotify and many other podcast locations. If you're on Facebook, like the page Pete's Percussion Podcast. You can find me there on Instagram and Twitter at Pete Zambito or by email at Pete's at gmail.com. And I'll catch you next time. Until then.